0: Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. And welcome everybody to another special holiday edition of Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. How is everybody doing? Oh my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, I can't even believe it. 2019 is almost over. I mean, seriously, like where has the time gone? I just can't even believe it. It just, yeah. I, you know, it's funny, like every year, and I feel like maybe as I get older, it just speeds up. I mean, that's what they say, right? Time flies, the older you get. I feel like every year I'm on this podcast and I'm like, I can't believe, you know, 2018 has gone or 2017 has gone or 16, like, but 2019 seriously has just flown by. So if you're new to the show, welcome. I'm Corbin Maxey. I am the host. Usually I interview a guest on the show. We go over their career working with animals, or sometimes I'll go over some fun, crazy animal facts this is a special edition show because this is our 2019 end of the year podcast show and it's kind of a tradition uh, when I started this podcast a couple years ago um, well I guess I'll give you guys I'll give you guys a lowdown for years and years I used to do end of the year blogs and they would just take forever and I I mean just you know and I love blogs by the way If you are uh, trying to find something to do and you want to kill time or learn more about animals, I encourage you to check out my blog. Go to CorbinMaxi.com and obviously click on blog. There's several blogs there, but for years and years, I used to do these end-of-the-year blogs, and I found out after having the podcast, wow, it is just you know, so much more enjoyable, actually just talking instead of having to like type stuff out and upload photos and, you know, upload videos and then transfer it to my site and upload the blog. Like, I mean, it's just, it it is quite the process. So it's not that I don't like blogs. I do still write them, but I really like the podcast a lot better. So yeah, so this is like a yearly tradition. Usually I just hang out. It's me. I usually the past couple years, I, you know, hung out with a bottle of champagne. Uh, This year I'm sticking to water. Anyway, I'm just basically going to go over the, Year and you know go over the months and just some highlights that uh, kind of stuck out with me. Some amazing animals I was able to work with. I'll mention a few you know great podcast guests we had on this year, 2019, and then uh, near the end of this podcast I'll go over um, some stuff, uh, some new stuff coming up in 2020, and some goals. And hope you really really enjoy this podcast episode. Like I said, if you are really not into the recap and you just want to you know hear someone who uh, works with animals or you want to learn more about animals like a particular species, just scroll through the feed. We have over a hundred episodes, over a hundred hours of content. So I encourage you to check that out now. But before we get to the 2019 recap, Christmas is now officially over. I hope you all had a fantastic Christmas. Oh my gosh. I probably had the best Christmas I've had in a long time. And it's not like that makes it sound like I've had bad Christmases like you guys, this Christmas was the best. No, it just <laughs> like, it was so much fun and it was just You know, spent it with family. We stayed in our pajamas. We just—I have haven't laughed so hard in my life. We played games and made cookies. And I know, actually, I didn't make cookies. My wife made cookies. And I know it sounds like a cheesy, you know, Hallmark movie, like oh, you play games and you laughed and sat by the fire. But that's really what we did, and it was so much fun. I think my favorite gift I received uh, for Christmas were my new AirPods. Because now I can listen to my animal podcasts. Like now I can listen to them without having to worry about the wires getting caught in like, you know, tortoise poo or like when I'm cleaning the animals, like 100%. That was a serious problem when I would clean the animals and my, you know, I'd have the wires hanging down and, you know, they would get caught on stuff. And so, yeah, so now my, I'm going to use my AirPods and it also help when I do my, you know, Instagram videos and stuff like that. That was my favorite present uh, we received. Uh, once again, hope you all, you know, had a great Christmas with family and friends. Okay, let's hit it. Let's do this 2019. Let's go. You guys, we're going to head back to the beginning of course in January. When I look back at, you know, in January, 2019, I, you know, what comes to mind is our winter animal segment on the today show. And we got to work with some pretty neat winter animals. Uh, you know, I guess this is a kind of a behind the scenes, um, my behind-the-scenes take on this that I'm sharing with you first publicly, winter animal segments tend to be more difficult just regarding the types of animals that you're able to work with. A lot of times when you do these national shows, um, you know, a lot of times they, you know, want the segments to be kind of within themes of the season. So, you know, sometimes you'll have summer animals where you're going you know, to feature animals that are obviously from really, really warm environments, or you have different theme days. Like, you know, today is National beta Fish Day. So we have, you know... I don't know, uh, Princeton, the Beta fish. I don't know why I just said national Beta fish day. I'm actually sure there is a national Beta fish day, but that's kind of my point. They like themes. And so when we were asked to do the today show, of course I love the today show. It feels like home there, but you know, when you do winter animals, I remember, you know, looking back in January, it was, uh, I don't, it was just a little more challenging finding winter animals to work with in studio. If um you know, when you do these animals segments, especially on TV, It is not, and it's so funny because so many people think it's just so easy or they think like, oh, like that just must be like, okay, hey, you know, there's a silver fox. Let's just bring that on the Today Show and then that's great. No, there's a lot of work and planning that goes into it. Uh, First and foremost, the animals you know, have to be used to people. Uh, A lot of the animals we use, well, the majority have been hand raised. Unfortunately, some have been orphaned, some are rescues, and basically they're part of educational animal ambassador team. So a lot of the animals you see me, you know, go on TV with are animals that are presented at local schools, um, you know, libraries, like, you know, educational events, and they serve as ambassadors for their species. And so um, when we, you know, when you think of winter animals, you are kind of limited with, okay, you know, what's available. It's not as easy. Like, you know for instance it would be great to feature a snowy owl and a siberian lynx in reality you know it's fairly you know difficult to find a snowy owl that's used in an animal ambassador program that would be uncomfortable you know that would be comfortable in front of cameras and um, actually speaking about the lynx we almost brought a lynx on but that's a whole different story in itself so Winter segments are challenging. That doesn't mean that I don't like them. I I actually love a challenge. It keeps my job and my life interesting. So for this winter segment, I teamed up for the first time with Wildlife Rock Stars. They were an organization in actually upstate New York, and you know they have a variety of different educational animal ambassadors. They use it is the only program. This was really cool. And I've been in talks with them for well over a year. You know, possibly working with them on the Today Show or another national show. And they're the only organization in uh, North America who you know uses these animal ambassadors for a rehabilitation program for people who have suffered from traumatic brain injuries and so it was great to feature them on the show we brought on a beautiful eagle owl his name was Ozzy. they are one of the largest owl species in the world their wingspan is like six feet they take down like deer and foxes and it's kind of ironic because we actually yeah we actually brought on a fox um after the eagle owl that was really memorable i believe the fox Fox's name was Luna. Yeah, so uh, Luna was a silver fox. It is a type of uh, red fox, actually. So the silvery fox, it's not like a separate species. It's just a red fox with that genetic mutation that uh, produces more melon or that dark pigment. The silver fox was great. You know, foxes, and I remember this one, foxes tend to be a little skittish, uh, you know, just working with them. I've never worked with a fox that has been... I don't know. Like, I mean, usually like foxes, when you work with them on TV, they're usually attached to their handlers. So for instance, when we did this segment, the the fox, because of course we want to make sure the animals are as comfortable as possible. Uh, the fox stayed with her uh, handler, uh, Luna's handler, Sarah, but it was great to still feature that. An awesome, awesome ambassador. And by the way, these are like my go-tos. I feel like these are great ambassadors are porcupines. So we featured a North American porcupine and her name was Phyllis Quiller. Okay, you guys, take that in. Phyllis Quiller, that is like the best name ever i I love porcupines. I just they're so much fun Phyllis's favorite food or, or I guess treat because she doesn't get these all the time are actually graham crackers, and she just eats them and she sits on her haunches and just munches this graham cracker. She is the cutest thing in the world and it's i I love porcupines, I think because there's so many fun talking points, you know the fact that they're covered in over thirty thousand quills or the fact that they're rodents or the fact that. I guess, since we are talking about winter time, you know they are active in winter, and you know they don't hibernate like a lot of animals, so awesome talking points there had a great time in January, another uh successful winter segment in the bag. Another thing I remember in January too was uh just going to the Museum of Natural History in New York City. We did that the day before the today show, and that was phenomenal like I could spend. I could, you guys, literally, I could spend days in there. Like, it's almost a little overwhelming when you go there. It's like, okay, like, I need to calm down, take like 10 deep breaths, like, okay. But because I think there's like six or seven floors, and it's just full of all these amazing, you know, fossils and, you know, artifacts and, Just there's so much there, so I would highly recommend going to the Museum of Natural History. And yeah, so that was something that definitely stood out to me. And I think when I go back again this winter, I am going to head back to the museum because that's just like the best time. Because in winter, New York is freezing, it's cold, it's miserable, it's windy, sometimes it's snowing, sometimes it's raining. It's time to go to a museum. And so that is the museum I would recommend. And I cannot wait to go back. All right. Speaking about the cold and the snow, we are in February and I'm going to be honest with you. February around this time of year, I live on the Snake River, like literally on the river, about an hour outside of Boise, Idaho. And so we get a lot of wildlife out here on the river. And my favorite animal to see during this time of year is our resident bald eagle. And we have nicknamed him Louie. And this is the third, I I guess, yeah, because we we just saw him, we just saw him, I just saw him yesterday, actually. So this is the third year in a row that we've seen Louie. And he hunts the river, the bald eagles, they eat a lot of waterfowl. So they eat a lot of the ducks and the American coots that live in you know in the river and so when I think of February and I look through my phone it is just full of uh footage of Louis the bald eagle and it's so crazy and I was talking to my mom yesterday on the phone and uh, I was like, hold on, mom, can you just stop talking for a second? Because I was looking out at the river and the river just exploded with birds just taking off into the sky. And I'm, I'm talking the ducks, the American coots, the seagulls, everything just takes off like this giant perfect storm and the river just comes alive. And the only time the birds do that is when there's a bald eagle in the area because it is a top predator and they all take off to the sky and they get the heck out of there. Now we do have hunters, uh, who do hunt on the river. And, you know, obviously the, the, when the birds hear a gunshot, they take off, but nothing like when a bald Eagle, when they see a bald Eagle, it just, they take off and do the hundreds. So it's a really magnificent thing to see one soaring over the, over the river. So that is really, when I think of February, that's when I think of, uh, I think of it's, you know, bald eagle time for us. Now they do breed, they can actually breed up until March. So I talked to my friend, Erin Katzner. She is the, uh, basically she's with the Peregrine Fund here in Boise, Idaho. So she is a raptor biologist. She's, you know, really educated. She's worked with these birds for many, many years. And she said more than likely Louie has a girlfriend and he returns to her in March. So this is just kind of his winter feeding grounds. And the reason why I think it is Louis, why we call him a male, is because the males are smaller than the females. So not that he's small. Like, Louis's like, pretty big. If you saw Louis, you'd be like, that's a big eagle. But the females get bigger. So that's kind of why we nicknamed him Louis. But he comes back every year. I'm hoping it's the same one. I mean, maybe it's not. I think it's the same one. I'm actually, I'm almost positive because he has his favorite tree across the river. Then he likes a certain electrical pole he sits on. So I'm pretty sure it's Louis. Okay. March. Oh boy. March was, uh, this was, you know, when I think of March and I'm just kind of looking back at my notes, this was Kathy Lee Gifford's goodbye segment on the today show. And I was asked to do her goodbye segment, her last animal segment ever. And she has been on TV for 150 years. So, okay. I know that was kind of mean, but actually Kathy Lee is the one who gave me that joke. So she's been on TV for over 150 years. She's a TV icon, a TV legend. Of course, Course she was on with Regis Philbin for live with Regis and Kathy Lee. And then she worked with Hoda copy on the today show for 10 years. And so they have a lot of animal experts they could have chose from and to be asked to do Kathy Lee's goodbye segment was one of those like, Oh my gosh, I, this is awesome. And you know, I, I just want to say, and I know I've mentioned this before, I did this also in my 100 episode recap, but she's always been so nice to me, it's so nice, sometimes when you do these shows, you'll run into someone and, you, you know, you think they're, like, super nice, and they turn out to be not what you think they are, that doesn't happen to me often, but, it, you know, it has happened, you know, being in TV for 17 years, but Kathy Lee was awesome, she was always, you know, gracious enough to take a photo with me, she was into the animals, and she wasn't scared of the animals, which is really cool, like, she was game to do anything, so it was always like my producer and I always talk, like, okay, it's great. Like, you know, Kathy Lee would be game to hold something, to touch something, to have something fly to her. Hoda, on the other hand, a little more skittish. She's a little more like, okay, I'm good. So yeah, so Kathy Lee was always game for any of the animal segments, and she'd always set up, you know, set the, you know, set me up for jokes, and it just it was really good. So we did her goodbye segment, and I worked with my really good friend Fung Lu. Fung is awesome. He, uh, you know, he, he is so passionate about birds and he teams up with accredited zoos around the country and he does these educational bird shows where he does free flight shows where his birds, you know, fly around audiences and they educate people about, um, first and foremost conservation. And, you know, he just educates them about, you know, their wild, um, their wild status and what's going on. So we worked with Fung, Brought on some awesome animals, including a silvery-cheeked hornbill named Eeyore. Beautiful, you know, hornbill. Think of like the lion king, although it's not the particular species. Think of Zazu, you know, the hornbill, kind of, a you know, but then imagine silver and black. Beautiful cask. The cask, of course, is that... "Quote unquote horn on their bill—it's hollow. Awesome talking points to talk about that, but they use that that hollow cast to enhance their vocal calls, so they're super vocal. And it was awesome. Like Fung was able to throw grapes into the in in into the camera shot. So as they were introducing me and Fung, we had Eeyore, the silvery cheeked hornbill fly over, you know, in front of the camera, in front of Kathy Lee and Hoda, and it just you know catch a grape and it just. Oh, I just, I love the bird segments. They're some of my favorite segments because the birds exhibit these natural behaviors. Like that's what they would do in the wild. Like they eat fruit. They mainly eat fruit. They're frugivores. So to throw a grape in front of the camera and have this free flight bird, you know, it's not on a leash. It does, you know, it's not on a glove. Like literally just have it fly and catch a grape and fly back to Fung on Fung. It's just, it's really cool to highlight. We had sun Conyers. We had a flock of them fly onto the special guest co-host, Joel McHale. We had uh, Rizzo, the rose-breasted cockatoo fly, Kathy Lee, a rose. Okay. I know that's not really a natural behavior, but it's really cool that Fung is able to train this beautiful cockatoo to fly, you know, objects like a rose to Kathy Lee. And if you're wondering, okay, that's great, but why would, you know, what's the point of training a bird to fly a rose? Like, how is that about conservation? um, Fung actually has trained, normally he uh, uses dollar bills. So, the cockatoo flies to an audience member who has a dollar bill. The cockatoo grabs a dollar bill, flies back and puts it into a conservation tip jar. And all the money goes back to conservation. So that's kind of that's kind of uh, why he trained that bird, that particular behavior. We just substituted the uh, dollar for a rose to give it to Kathy Lee. And she took that rose. And yeah, it was great. When I, um, yeah, it was awesome working with Kathy Lee. But that's when I think about March, I think about my last segment with Kathy Lee. I do hope I run into her. I'm sure I will at uh, some point on the Today Show. It was quite an honor. And so uh, to be doing Kathy Lee's last animal goodbye segment if you are wanting to see that segment i encourage you as always to visit my website corbin just click on in the media and you can scroll down and you'll see uh, kathy lee's goodbye segment and that's that's you know for all the animal segments i mean a lot of people will message me and say oh my goodness i had to go to work i couldn't obviously stay home and watch the today show everything's online guys so go and i encourage you to check those segments out april Sorry guys, April. I don't know why I was like so excited. April. April 2019, Uh, you know, this time of year, it just, you know, April just reminds me of spring. Honestly, Uh, you know, it's where we start to see the local wildlife out here. We start to see them on the road. So I once again begin my duties of removing snakes off the roads, uh, trying to prevent them from being roadkill every year, which is really cool. I rescue a painted turtle from crossing the road. And in Idaho, we only have one native turtle species which you guessed it is the painted turtle and they have a beautiful red like underneath their shell they have a uh, you know red and yellow and orange colors and it, it just looks like this artist masterpiece and you know hence the name it looks like someone painted them so love rescuing them I want to say that we also start kind of upping our appearances here locally in the Treasure Valley so we do a lot of shows at like schools and libraries where I bring my personal animals out to educate people so I bring out you know my Iguana Godzilla I bring out our albino Burmese python Sher Khan our tortoises some smaller hands on snakes just to Educate the kids because a lot of them have never seen these exotic animals up close and personal. So I really, really enjoy doing that. We did the pet expo here, uh, drew uh, several hundred people to those events, which it's always great, you know, and it's great doing meet and greets. And, uh, you know, I love doing shows. I think the most, because not only, I mean, I, 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 love doing it. I love just talking about animals. I mean, hence why I have a podcast. I love, you know, changing people's minds or trying to dispel myths or I love when people come up to me after my shows and they're like, Hey, you know, after I met Sydney, the WoomA Python, like snakes are great. Like I'm going to stop killing rattlesnakes. Like that's great. Like awesome, you know, or Maybe after seeing our tarantula, like, you know what? Spiders are really beneficial. They help control the insect population. Next time I want to kill a spider, I'm going to safely put it outside. So I love those types of things. And that's when I honestly, and I'm not trying to do this like cheesy PSA. I mean, honestly, I'm not trying to do this cheesy PSA thing right now, but that's when I feel like my job's done. Like, okay, that's great. Like I That my job's done like that's why I do what I do. That's why I do this podcast. That's why I love to do shows That's why I'm trying to be a voice for these animals And if I could uh, change people's minds and perceptions and yeah, that's why I do it So that's kind of what April reminds me of I also also have to say like during the springtime and I guess why don't we just kind of lead into May So we'll just lead into May 2019. It's when uh, we were able to work on our large alligator exhibit now Okay I know all of you have been asking me, a lot of you message me and say, when is this alligator exhibit going to be done? I get it at least a few times a week. Like, we're waiting. We're patiently waiting. Hey, Corbin, is Sonny ready to move? Hey, Corbin, is Chompers ready to move? Hey, Corbin, is the alligator exhibit done? Is the alligator cabin done? Has the pool been in? Like, Okay, guys, so we were able to work on the exhibit in the spring. So as of now, I am recording this on Friday, December 27th. I have to say the alligator exhibit, it's not finished. The building is not finished, uh, but we have officially put the electric in and we're going to be working soon on the insulation. If you are completely new to this podcast and new to the alligator exhibit and have no idea what I'm talking about really briefly, we, um, we're basically in the process of building a brand new, you guessed it, habitat for our two alligators. I have, and both are rescues, by the way. Sonny is around 10 and a half feet, and Chompers is six and a half feet. And we're building a brand new building with a huge indoor pool for them, so they can live out the rest of their lives. They are currently separated, and so this new building will bring them together. The pool itself. It's 38 feet long, 12 feet wide, 10 feet deep. The building is over 1,000 square feet. So it's huge. Like I really want to move into it. So, um, anyway, so that's kind of what we're doing. We plan to move them in within a few months. And honestly, the delay has been the, this is just the truth. It's just my dad. And we also have a friend who's helping us uh kind of put this together. And this is kind of a side project and, you know, we're busy with things and with the holidays and stuff like that. So not trying to make excuses, but that's why, I mean, we don't, You know, honestly, don't have a giant crew and the funds for a giant crew to, you know, build this build this exhibit overnight. So it is my dad and I and a friend. And so we're working as hard as we can. But it's awesome to kind of see it come to life. If you do want to see photos of the alligator exhibit and you want to see um, just, you know, highlights from that, go to my Instagram. Go to the top of the little dots and click on my highlights and you'll see an, an emoji of a tractor and an alligator. Click on that and it will show you literally from the ground up of us putting the pool in and we were able to get the sides up and stuff like that. So when I think of May, that's what I think of um, just kind of getting, you know, being able to work on the alligator exhibit. The, the weather was um, warmer. Obviously, the ground had thawed. So we were able to get the foundation in. And Which, by the way, sucked. The foundation that was like stirring concrete by hand. That was so much fun. I take my hat off to anyone I ever see working with concrete. I'm like, I respect you because I have been there. I know what that's like. So that is May. Another thing, the end of May, uh, actually the day before Memorial Day was back on the Today Show. Okay, guys, I know it seems like every other month I'm like, oh, my highlight was a Today Show, but this was an amazing appearance and I really want to talk about it because it was the first time I was able to highlight cheetahs on the Today Show and it was a huge milestone for me. There are less than 7,000 cheetahs left in the wild. So to be able to showcase them and I remember telling... Jenna Bush that I remember telling her like right before air like this is so special to me there's only 7,000 left and she was like wait you mean like in the wild or you know in the world I was like yeah in the world like there's not very many left and so once again I was able to uh, team up with my friends from the Turtleback zoo and uh, bring on a six month old cheetah cub her name was Nandi we brought on her companion puppy and we were able to feature them. Another highlight for me and I know I've mentioned this before we were able to bring on some false gharials which are a crocodilian with a long slender snout imagine like a crocodile with a tiny like pencil-like snout and they're from Malaysia and Indonesia so I was able to feature them dream come true segment being able to work with those ambassadors and to highlight them and just to show in front of a few million people like hey you know these are some amazing animals they're facing threats here's what you can, uh, we can do. That's what I think about of May. All right, you guys, June. And June, I you know love the summertime here. Of course, all of our animals are out in their outdoor exhibits. We had our iguana, Godzilla outside. Our tortoises, uh, our sulcata tortoises. So Tank, Tinkerbell, Littlefoot, and Hank are all outside in their outdoor yards, getting the Idaho sunshine. Our water turtle, our red eared slider, Seymour is outside in his big outdoor pond. You know the chickens. Tom the turkey is out. Our emu Napoleon. will take the snakes out in the grass. Our blue tongue skink and. And our Solomon Island tree skink, Irwin, and our blue tongue skink's name is Topaz. They have outdoor exhibits. Like it's such an awesome time. Like I love when the animals are outside. Like and they you know, and if it's warm enough, they're able to stay out overnight. If the if it's warm enough, I think our our cutoff is around. If it's over sixty degrees, if the low doesn't get below sixty, we're able to leave them out. And it's great. The animals get to sleep underneath the stars and feel that warm summer wind. And so I love that time of year. Another highlight, uh, once again, we did more shows. so uh, a b- bunch of educational shows reaching a few thousand people, which is great. Uh, we were my wife and I, I just put this in my notes for June, were able to sneak away and go camping. We did an impromptu camping trip. and those are my favorite. Like I came home, I just got done cleaning the animals. I came home and she like had the jeep packed everything right and she's like let's just go camping and it was like this impromptu thing and I loved it and it was just was like yes like let's drop everything absolutely let's just go camping overnight we took our dog Zoe and we just went camping and I loved it we went up uh near McCall Idaho and it just you know and it was just an overnight thing and I loved that so I encourage you if you are listening to this and, you know, surprise your friend or your significant other, like with a camping trip, just overnight, doesn't have to be big, doesn't have to be fancy, but do it. I promise they will love it. Well, I just want to say, make sure that the person likes the outdoors and all that type of stuff. But I promise you cannot go wrong. Okay. Looking back, let's see, July. Oh, man. 2019, I have this written down. was my 30th birthday. I officially turned the 3-0. I can't believe it. I remember um, you know, when I used to think that 30 was old, like, oh wow, you know, that's oh, you know, they're 30. Oh, that wow, that's an old person right there. I can't believe I can't even imagine being 30. Well, here I am, 30 years old. I still feel the same. I still feel like I'm what is that George Strait song? I still feel twenty-five most of the time. I know I sound just like him, but it's true, I still feel so young, but 30 years old, baby. My wife, uh, what sticks out? My wife threw me an awesome pizza party. That is true. I am a 30-year-old man, and my wife threw me a pizza party, a surprise pizza party, and it was the best birthday I've ever had. We had all of um, our closest friends and family over. She blindfolded me, and every family member, and friend brought a different type of pizza. So we had like 15-ish different types of pizza. So we had like, you know, like just all of our favorite pizza brands. We had like Flying Pie, Idaho Pizza Company, Domino's, Papa Murphy's, New York Giant Pizza. We had Chicago Connection, Old Chicago. We had, what else am I missing? Uh, I think we had Pizza Hut. We had this other weird cauliflower pizza that actually turned out to be pretty good. So that's just naming a few of them. So that was just awesome. So that's what comes to mind in July. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Another thing that comes to mind, I guess, animal-wise, since this is an animal podcast, is interviewing uh, my two heroes, Derek and Beverly Jobert from National Geographic, National Geographic Filmmakers. They film all those beautiful films you see of lions and hyenas and leopards. Uh, you know, if you look in the credits, it's more than likely a Derek and Beverly Jobert film. So I talked to my heroes, and that was a highlight of mine in July. Okay. August my wife and I were headed back to New York to film for the kids TV show Wonder Which is so much fun if you're wondering what Wonderama is a lot of people message me Usually younger kids know what it is But some people like adults are like wonder what like what station is that on? So it's currently syndicated across the nation in over 100 stations So all you have to do is go to wonderama.tv.com tv.com and just click on like listings or whatever type in your zip code or go to your station and they'll tell you exactly where you can find the show so it's a kids tv show get to hang out with my buddy david osman he is just such a fun guy awesome person uh him and i are actually friends like which is really cool um and so a- able to go to wonderama my wife went with me we're able to work with some great animal ambassadors including an african porcupine that is correct her name was Stickerbush. the best name for a porcupine. Yeah, she got loose. We worked with a kawadi, which is like a South American relative of a raccoon. We worked with a baby alligator, a Patagonian cavy, a kinkachu. Like I just got so much fun. And it's a kid show and you know, there's a live audience and a lot of these kids had never seen these animals up close. And it was, it was so much fun. And that was, you know, and I'm going to be honest with you, like New York in the summertime is probably probably my favorite time, like spring and summer is my favorite. So we were able to do some touristy things after the TV taping, we we're able to, uh, we actually met up with some friends, my wife and I went up to a nice, uh, place. It's called Italy which is like a restaurant slash rooftop bar in, uh, in New York in Midtown. You could see, you could see the flat iron, flat iron building. It was just beautiful. So I encourage you if, if you're in New York, go to Italy by the flat iron building, you might have to take out, um a huge portion of your savings or donate a kidney to afford to go there, but it was worth every penny. It was a really fun time and great views of the city. Okay, when I look back at September, oh my goodness, September just uh reminds me of Italy. My wife and I were able to go to Italy for a couple weeks and it was uh, you know, honestly, when I just think of the month of September. I just think of pizza, pasta, wine, and limoncello. And I also think of the very few wildlife sightings we were able to see in Italy, which included uh, me catching crabs in Venice, like not okay. Like catching physical crap, like hold on, like catching crabs in the water, like in Venice at night. Okay. You guys just want to make sure we're clear on that. Um, and then also seeing, we actually saw a dead porcupine on the side of the road, which really blows my mind that the African crested porcupine, which is what I was just talking about a few minutes ago, uh, sticker bush, that's her species, the African crested porcupine, they're found in Africa and then in Italy. And they think the reason why they're in Italy is because the Romans actually brought them over for food. Porcupine apparently is like really, really good eating. Yeah, never knew that, right? So anyway, we saw a dead porcupine on the side of the road. Blew my mind that they're found everywhere in Africa and then just in Italy. So we saw remnants of that. We also saw uh, some wild boars that, well, we didn't see them physically, but wild boars who had tore up a lawn at one of the wineries. We also saw some red deer. But uh, once again, I mainly think of pizza and pasta. If you want to learn more about Italy, check out my Italy podcast. You know, what's interesting is I didn't know how you guys would respond to that. I I wanted, I mean, because it really wasn't animal related. It was more of a personal vacation. But I thought, you know what? I'll just, you know, post, you know, on my story and see if we get a good reaction. And some of my stories in Italy and that podcast are some of the highest viewed and slash most listened to. So apparently you do like some sort of travel. So yeah, check that out. Kind of shocked me. It was like, cool. Where else can I go? Come on, travel channel. I'm ready for you. All right, guys. October. When I think of October, I think first thing that comes to mind is the ridiculous Halloween costumes that uh, my wife and I put the animals in. And you guys, seriously, is this was the first year we went like full out. And at first I thought, oh, you know, maybe we could like, I don't know, make a couple costumes or I I don't know. And well, okay, I'm going to be honest. My first thought was, okay, for, for Halloween, we have a blue tongue skink. His name is Topaz. I mentioned him earlier. He looks like a sausage, like he looks like a bratwurst. Right. And I was like, it would be so funny if he was a hot dog for Halloween. So this is a true story. I went to the store and I was going to get a bun just to put him in a bun. And then I thought to myself, that doesn't look right. Like if I got like a physical bun or a loaf of bread, like to put a lizard between a bun, that just, it doesn't look right. It's gross. Uh, I think it's like confusing for people. Like, what are you doing? Like, anyway, like what? So my wife was like, oh, why don't we just go to PetSmart and see if they have any Halloween costumes? Well, we went to PetSmart. With Topaz in hand, by the way, and walked through the doors because, hey, they say it's pet friendly. And we walked in and I don't know, 60 something dollars later, we came out with a bunch of costumes and we found Topaz a hot dog costume. And by the way, he was the winner of our first annual Halloween costume contest. And if you want to see all the ridiculous costumes, I encourage you to head over to my Instagram. Scroll down on the feed and you can check that out. Godzilla, the green iguana, was a little Rasta man. He had like a little hippie hat on, uh, which was kind of funny. Napoleon, the emu, was Batman. Herman, the three-toe box turtle, was a Triceratops. Topaz was a hot dog. Bella, my parents' Yorkie, was a Triceratops or dinosaur as well. I'm trying to think. Oh, and then Sydney, the Woma Python, was a bowl of Halloween candy, uh, Bentley, our Brazilian rainbow boa was a pumpkin. Yeah. Super fun. I mean, and so we took photos and uh, yeah, we had a fun time with that. So that's what I think about when I think of October this October, I also think we started, uh, I started filming these ridiculous, I mean, I'm telling you like ridiculous videos that I thought I would never ever put out on the internet. Like I just thought these would just be Snapchat worthy for my close friends. And, I decided to start doing breaking animal news videos, basically where I, you know, um, just report on ridiculous news. The first story broke when this idiot, I can call her an idiot, but she jumped into the enclosure at the Bronx Zoo of an African lion, and she was seen dancing and taunting the lion. And I thought, wow, this is a real idiot, and I should just do a breaking animal news segment. So I started doing them and then received, you know, several thousand people actually watched them. And I thought, oh, okay, I guess people are kind of interested in this stupid new stuff. So I did that. Uh, I then followed with a cigarette cockroach. That is correct. My claim to fame, cigarette cockroach, typing it on YouTube and a report on a cockroach uh, basically carrying around a cigarette butt in New York city. I then uh, did obese cat on YouTube. I got a lot of hate mail for OB uh, for obese cat. Cause people are like, why would you let your cat get so big? And I was like, people, I'm just reporting the news with a ranch bottle. You guys, that's true. I reported the news with a ranch bottle. Anyway, if you want to uh, entertain yourself or, or entertain your kids, check those out. YouTube, just type in Corbin Maxi or breaking animal news. And you'll be able to see that. That's what I think about when I think October, November, which, uh, November, uh, probably my favorite time of year. Well, one of my favorite times of year, it's fall, uh, Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday. So we create these large and elaborate diets for our animals, for our iguana, Godzilla our tortoises. We make these big diets and the animals just go to town. And we filmed it this year. I put it on IGTV and it was great. It's like a six, seven minute video. And it's like cut together to just watch all of our animals mouth down on Thanksgiving and kind of participate in the festivities. We also fed for the first time our 10 and a half foot American alligator, Sonny. We were able to feed him a turkey you guys, a whole turkey, and he loved it, he's a big turkey fan, and it was like, ah, it was so cool, it was like, we just were able to film, and, you know, put out some awesome content in November, so, once again, and I feel like this podcast is all like, go check this out, like, you know, this is, I'm not trying to make this podcast be a plug for everything, but it's true, if you want to enhance the podcast, go to the Instagram, go to IG, go to my IGTV at Corbin Maxi, and check out the videos of Sonny the Alligator eating a turkey, and our large animals uh, eating their Thanksgiving Day diets. December, which we're currently in, only, oh my goodness, only a couple days until New Year's Eve, only a couple days left of 2019. When I look back in this month, it has been just busy, full of uh, you know family, obviously Christmas. We did my wife and I flew back um, for the second week of December that was and appeared on Watch What Happens Live for the first time with Andy Cohen I worked once again with my good friends from the Turtleback Zoo we uh, featured an African penguin a skunk that got loose down my shirt which was just awesome and able to also work with a white faced owl and uh, the UPS guy <laughs> just pulled up. He probably thinks I'm crazy. Can you guys hear my dog Zoe in the background? You know what? I wonder if this is my, you know, on, on a side note, I bet this is my late Christmas present. So I got my sister and my brother-in-law a really cool Christmas present. And I was so excited to get them this present and it didn't come in time for Christmas. And now it, what is it? Friday, December 27th. Christmas is gone and over and here's my Christmas present. All right, sorry, Mike and Tyler. If you are just so curious right now and wondering what I got my sister and brother-in-law, I actually got them a puzzle of their face, so they're they're like obsessed this new thing with puzzles, and so I got this picture of them, and I yeah, I got it on vistaprint.com. This is not an ad, but if you're looking for a unique present that isn't too expensive, um I had a coupon. Shoot, I just gave that away. Well, I don't think my sister's listening. So I had a coupon, guys. And go to Vistaprint and get, get someone, get your friend or your family member a puzzle of their face. But don't do what I did. Don't order it and not get the speedy delivery because when I ordered it two weeks ago, they were like, this present can come anytime between, I don't know, December 16th and December 26th. And I was like, oh, I'm sure to be here by Christmas. And it wasn't. So get the speedy delivery or order it in time, but get your friends and family a puzzle of their face. And that's today's PSA folks. That's the animals to the max PSA. Wow. Okay. Back on track. That is what I think about. In December, uh, New York, watch what happens live, Christmas time. You know, uh, I just want to thank every single one of you for taking the time to listen to the show, for listening to the recap. It has been a phenomenal year. The podcast has grown. We've had on some just phenomenal guests. And... I have learned so much about animals this past year, and I encourage you to listen to the episodes if you haven't already. We have over 100. I just did the 100-episode recap, but we have some great guests, and we talk about some fascinating stuff that really only you can find right here on this show, the animals to the max for 2020. We have some great guests lined up. As a matter of fact, I've recorded a few interviews that are in the vault, and I'm waiting to release them kind of after the holidays, after this recap. But we have some great guest interviews coming up. You know, I wish you all a, you know, great, happy new year, 2020. Be safe. Don't drive. If you are partaking in festivities, don't drive. Just be safe. And another thing is, you know, people are so crazy, you know, about New Year's resolutions. Like, what is that? Like, there's like some statistic, like, I don't know, that no one ever follows their New Year's, you know, resolutions. And, you know, I I feel like if you do want to make a change in your life, like, it doesn't have to be on New Year's. Like, why does it have to be on New Year's Eve or New Year's? Like, why can't you just do it today? So that's my advice. If you want to do something, if you want to change something, maybe change a habit or you want to get healthier, which I have no room to talk because I have literally eaten like, I don't know, 30 or 40 Oreo truffles but um, for Christmas time. But if you want to do it, make it happen now. You don't have to wait until New Year's for 2020. I'm really looking forward to some new television projects. There's some stuff in the works. As always, I promise to keep you updated first right here on the podcast. You know, there's always stuff in the works regarding, you know, what's going on in TV. I never announce anything, though. Until something is set in stone or until something signed or until something is ready to air. And I encourage you all to take that advice as well because nothing more is embarrassing is like telling someone like, oh, check me out this or I'm going to be on this show or oh, I'm going to do this and then having something fall through. It's super embarrassing. So I learned years and years ago to kind of keep stuff guys under wraps. No pun intended but under wraps um, until things go through, but I cannot wait to share with you what's happening. We have some exciting stuff in 2020. Of course, I hope to complete Well, we should, you guys, if we have not completed the alligator exhibit. Someone please come over here. Uh, I'll give you my address and just slap me if we have not completed the alligator exhibit, because it has been long enough. So I hope to move the alligators in, in 2020. That's a goal. Another goal of mine in 2020 here locally I, uh I, I'd like to visit more schools and do more educational programs, uh, you know, schools and libraries, special events. You know, there's a lot of people who have never seen our shows before with our animals who I'd love to educate and get people excited about animals, in particular reptiles. Those are the animals I work with during my shows. But that's a goal. I want to get that out there. Also would like to get the podcast, um, out there more and it is continuing to grow. As always, I can use your help with that. Uh, literally just share this episode or any episode you love with friends and family, uh, get us out there. We are in the top Apple science podcast. I haven't figured out what rank we are, but we're in the top 100, <laughs> which I think there is only a hundred. I don't know. That was a joke, but it's awesome. We are recognized, but we really, really want to get that podcast up there in 2020. I'm also looking forward to creating new content. Uh, you know, uh, you know, videos. I've been doing a little bit more of that, but kind of some more videos. Also in 2020, we will more than likely be adding another animal to our animal ambassador team. So stay tuned. But another ambassador a bigger ambassador. That's kind of the hint. So we will be doing that for our educational shows. Also, um, have some exciting stuff coming up with the today show, but, uh, you know, I'm hoping some stuff on the today show that I've never done before. I've been appearing on the today show for what will this be? 11, nine years. Oh my goodness. Nine years on the today show. And I'm working on some stuff that uh, we've never featured before. So that's exciting. Once again, I promise to keep you all in the loop. I also, guys, I guess I'm just going over my New Year's resolutions with you. I would love to have a six-pack by summer. And I don't mean beer, but a six-pack. I don't know if that's going to happen. I talked to... uh, (laughs) I talked to... One of my buddies had a friend who had a six pack and he, his buddy said, it's not worth it. It's like not worth not being able to eat carbs. It'd be nice to get a little healthier and I'm excited to do that. You know, I I do exercise, but I'd like to get a hair healthier with my diet. So if you do have a six pack, let me know your, uh, let me know your tips and tricks. I know it's probably just going to be like, don't ever eat grain. But yeah, that's it. I think those are my goals. Kind of expand my presence on the podcast to do more educational shows here locally and also nationally. Uh, I guess increase my TV presence, share some exciting new stuff on the Today Show. Those are my goals for 2020. I hope you all have your goals, write them down. I guess, like I mentioned, don't, don't have to wait to the end of the year, but, uh, yeah, hope you all have a fantastic rest of 2019. Once again, be safe. Happy new year from me and all the animals. I love you guys. We'll see you in 2020.